There's a lot of business going on in the world. And there's some craziness. I mean, I don't have to tell you. Don't turn on your television. Don't, don't, don't look at your news feed unless you're ready. You know, with the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction that Jesus is Lord and that God is on the throne. Jesus right next to him. Right? And that the Holy Spirit still hovers over the earth. And he, and more than that, he's involved in each one of us and, and lives in us if we believe. I mean, that's who we are. No matter what comes against us. And it's like, it's so difficult. But we have to keep our eyes on the Father, don't we? Jesus kept his eyes on the Father. I think we would all agree that relationships are important. Father, Son. Isn't that interesting that God would call Father, Son, Holy Spirit? That, help, that whole trinity is, is, a, is a picture of family. It's a picture of, of relationship. And, and that existed before the earth, before the world. They had unity in the trinity. And it was a beautiful thing. And there's something in us because we were made in God's image. We have that innate desire within us for that Family, for that unity, for that hope, for relationship. And, and that's one reason that the assembly is so important. We've got the two families, right, Seth? And this is, this is one of them. And it doesn't just happen here. We share together and we encourage each other's faith and we, we talk and, uh, you know, from six feet away. But where it really happens is in your homes, on the phone. Texting, whatever way you can do, family, communication, do life together, you know, in, in, in the challenging times. Times have always changed and been different. Napoleon Bonaparte no longer lives, nor does France rule the known world, right? England, the sun never set on the, on, on, on the British Empire. It does now. And you could go on and on. The Roman Empire. Pardon me. All these things pass away, but what never will pass away is the family of God. It will never pass away. It's eternal. And we are a part of that. Part of the bigger story. But in us is that desire for relationship. We, that's why we respond. We write songs and poems about friendship and love. Whether it's rewarding or devastating, we still write about it because they're critical. They're a critical component of life, of who we are. I think we'd also agree that if we are to accomplish much in this life, we need to set goals. So the two little things going on here. We're talking about relationship. We're talking about focus on goals. All right. I used to get a bit frustrated with that one, the whole goal thing. Not real good about that. I just like kind of letting life come as it comes and dealing with it and just flying by the seat of my pants kind of thing, you know. And, and uh, preparation seems to be like I'm preparing, but nothing's going on. But then I did finally, and I told my grandmother, she said, John, you have no discipline. My dad's mom. And, uh, and I said... 
No, I, I don't do discipline for the sake of discipline. If I have a goal, I will discipline myself to attain that goal. Right? So in college, the first time I went, they asked me, Asbury College, Wilmore, Kentucky, a Wesleyan school. Anyway, um, when I went, and it was my the first quarter of my sophomore year, and they called me into the counselor's office, the, you know, the whatever they call that person who's supposed to help you. Advisor. Advisor. And this advisor advised me that I needed to choose a track, a learning track, a, 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 what do they call that? Major, major, major. I thought that was, you know, a rank and stuff. But anyway, and I just said, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> this is your beloved pastor. This is the truth. So I stopped going. I since learned that it is, in fact, good to have a plan, you know, we have a plan for the day. We have a week plan. We have, you know, a one-year plan, five-year plan, ten-year plan, right? Yo, most of y'all are going, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> what is that? And, of course, plans can change. How many know plans can change? But there's a plan that never changes. And there's a focus that never changes. It may look a little different. It may have a different color sometimes. It may have a different culture sometimes, but it always has the character of God at the center. Anyway, Jesus had a plan and a focus. Our Jesus had a plan and a focus. It was agreed upon in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was a mission born out of relationship. It continues to be that today. I want to read a few stories, and, and that's that I couldn't cut out any of the stories. They were just too good, so I kind of read them fast. About Jesus' relationship to his Father and to the mission. We call that mission his Father's business. As I read, I want us to focus on that relationship and that mission and how we fit into that mix. Because we are now employed. I mean... We're in as believers. As we focus mission, I want us to consider our relationship to God and his mission. What does that relation look like, feel like? What does the mission look like, feel like? What does our relationship to God look like and feel like? It's ever-changing. But it's the same. You know? Interesting. What does it look like and feel like to be about our Father's business? What is our Father's business? The business plan is conceived in the Godhead. It begins with the Son being conceived by the Holy Spirit and born to a virgin named Mary. So here's Jesus as a flesh and blood boy. In Luke 2, 41 through 52, all, this is uh, New King James. Actually, I thought it was all New American Standard, but this one's not. 
His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Uh oh. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. Because they were all buzzers from the same place, right? So, when they did not find him, how many have done that with your kids? Be honest. <laughs> This is for posterity. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So, hey, they're not bad parents. It's just, you know. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him. Three days. Can you imagine being a parent? Oh, my goodness. Three days and they can't find your boy? No. That's not good, man. We'd be on 911. We'd be on Facebook, we'd be text, we'd be everything, anything and everything we could do. Now, so it was that after three days, I did that. Sitting in the midst of the teachers, he, they found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. <laughs> I wish I'd have been there. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, not, not son, you know, I had three syllables when, you know, we're in trouble. Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Do you think he put father's business on the shelf? I don't think so. I think he understood he was on mission. And even when he told his disciples, they didn't get it. But that's okay. We're going to go on. Here's Jesus a little older. Out of the house. He's out of the house. He didn't have the failure to launch syndrome. He was on his own, all grown up. In Mark 1, 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John, his cousin, in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. That's relationship. Amen. That's a father affirming his son. Letting him know he's pleased. That he's doing a good job in the business. He does that for us today. Amen. He's speaking. We need to silence the other voices that say otherwise. And open our ears to hear the voice that says. You are my beloved son, daughter. 
in you I am well pleased. Amen? That is still in the picture, affirming, reassuring. We are born again into the same family, this same family. So the same family relationship is present, active. We share the same father-son relationship. We are to live out that relationship, confident, totally dependent. We are continuing on the same mission, being about the Father's business. As I read the next several scriptures, let's again remember, we're looking at the Father-Son relationship and the mission. Father's business. John 5, 19 through 25. Therefore, Jesus answered. You'll notice that most of these are Jesus speaking. Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. Critical. It's a critical posture for Jesus and for us. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father, watch this, loves the Son. You know, I, I don't do this. This is this Texas thing, I guess. But I just want us to say, and you can say it under your breath, you can say it out loud, Father loves me. Father loves me. Father loves me. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing. Father's showing Jesus what Father's doing. And the Father will show Him greater works than these so that you will marvel. So we see a loving Father, some relationship with some serious OJT, on-the-job training. Jesus is in the trenches, right? He's there, keeping his eye on the Father, not getting his eyes on the circumstances. Even when he's tempted in the wilderness, this is not in here, but even when he's tempted in the wilderness, if you recall, he doesn't get flustered. Now, Satan was using Scripture, come on! And Jesus used it right back. But he used the right ones in context. Correctly, by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We have the same deal. We got the same deal. So, in verse 21, in chapter 5 of John, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. Man, that's close. That is close. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. That's tight, y'all. That's some seriously tight relationship. It's out of that we see the mission emerge. In verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus speaking. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me, Father, has eternal life. And does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Y'all, that's the mission. That's the mission. Verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is 
when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That's Father's business. And we are privileged to join him in that effort in expressing the kingdom of his dear son in this, in, in this time, in this place. This is where we are. We're not in the Revolutionary War. We're not in, you know, we're not in the future. We're, we're, we're here right now, just as Bobby was saying. And that was good, Bobby, by the way, just saying. John 12, I love that. He spoke these things. Many came to believe in him. John 12, 49 and 50. For I did not speak of my own initiative, Jesus saying, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I mean, just let that soak. It's like, this is not a new God. He's the same God of the Old Testament. He's the same God of the New Testament. He's the same God of eternity. And He's the same God that has that relationship with a son to bring about His purposes. And we're going to talk about that. It's just amazing. And Jesus didn't just come and it's like, oh, you know, we don't pay attention to like, you know, the God of the Old Testament and God of the, the God, you know, we call him Father now and the Son. It, we really don't pay much attention to the Father. We pay more attention to the Son. But let me say, Jesus, the Son, paid more attention to the Father. I don't know. I think we need to pay attention to the Father. Jesus has opened up a relationship that was before difficult. But then again, he shed his blood before the foundation of the earth. And so if there is any salvation, it is in Jesus, whether before in time or after in time, the uh, relationship. And if I get fired, that's okay. John 20. Also, so Jesus is about the father's business, but he gets crucified. He's dead. It's over. His body is in a tomb. It's in a casket in a vault. I mean, it is big stone, big stone, big, big stone. All this talk about relationship, a mission, eternal life, never alone, something to say. Where is it all now? We're done here. We're done here. Can you imagine those guys and the, and, and the ladies? We're done here. But are we? Are we? <laughs> Sunday's coming. John 20, 1 through 22. This is a little long, but it's awesome. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. When it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. Uh-oh. So she ran and came to Simon Peter. And to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they went forth. <laughs> they, they, they went on and they were going to the tomb. 
And two were running. The two were running together. And the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stopping and looking in, he saw linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb. And he saw the linen wrappings lying there. And the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple, can you, can you just picture this? You know, I'm visualizing this, this thing going down here. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again. To their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stopped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels. Whoa. In white, sitting one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, woman. They were southern. Woman. Why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. So she's, she's still thinking he's dead. They've just taken his body somewhere and stuck it. And when she said, had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus. God. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, I'm thinking he's dead. I mean... And worse than that, somebody stole his body. Saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, you're in a heap of trouble. (laughs) If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not. Can you imagine? I mean, she's not going to let go this time. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. But he's still, man, he's still hooked to Father, right? But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father. That's huge, y'all. I ascend to my Father and your Father. And my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Yeah, for fear of COVID, for fear of whatever. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. He says to us, peace be with you. Be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. And the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Why do you have to say it twice? Why does he have to say it multiple times? He just does. And he loves us so much that he does. As the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me. In the same way, for the same reasons that the Father has sent me, for the same business. Not for the actual same reasons, but for the business. 
Same reasons in that sense. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Listen to this. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I love that. First, he calms them down. You know, they're excited. They don't know what to think. It's confusing. And he says, peace. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Man. It's back on now. It is back on. He's risen. He's here. He was sent. We are sent. And we are equipped with the Holy Spirit for mission. Amen. Matthew 17, 1 through 8. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. Changed. And his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses, this is not a fairy tale. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them. It's like, oh, man. Talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And that, 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 that's religion. That's what we do. We're going make, we to make something. You know, we're going we're to enshrine you here. We're going to, you know, gonna, yeah, just, this, this is cool. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, guess what he said? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. He says it to Jesus and he says it for our sakes. To understand that fathers, please. Father has accepted the sacrifice made by the Son to redeem mankind. That's important. And then he says something else. He adds something at this time. He says, listen to him. Why do you think he said that? Elijah and Moses are there, man. You know, we got the prophets. We got the, we got the lawmaker, the law writer. We got, I mean, wow. What else? Law and the prophets, man. And then Jesus, you know. The sun manifests. And he said, and it's like, you know what? Moses is good. Elijah is good. But I want you to listen to Jesus. You okay with that? God was. He said it. So Father is still pleased with the Son and giving powerful and poignant instruction to these three disciples. And when the disciples heard this, verse 6, they fell Face down to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, get up and do not be afraid. Get up. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Peace be with you. Amen. Same message. Same message. To the ones he loves. It's good. And lifting up their eyes. Lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus alone. Amen? Woo! So let's follow suit. 
Let's maintain simple, single focus. Listen to Jesus as he listens to the Father and obeys. As he does it, and in the same manner, in like manner, listen, obey. Stand up! Don't be afraid. Be about Father's business. And in summary, that means when a preacher says in summary, that means absolutely nothing. Just kidding. This is really quick, and I actually cut out some. Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? And, for I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment, watch this, is eternal life. You okay? I'm really unraveling it. Okay. That's awesome. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Next verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. This is Father's business, y'all. An hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. This is a promise. We can bank on this. When we stand up and we boldly proclaim, humbly and boldly, proclaim the good news that Jesus has come and redeemed mankind back to the Father, back into the family, so that we can share that Father-Son relationship and that relationship with each other that's so critical, that family that is His, the eternal family of God. That this will happen. Even the dead. And y'all, there's a lot of dead. But, they will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when He said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was and is on mission. It is the mission of the Creator to redeem a wayward creation. Lost souls in need of liberation from bondage. In need of liberation from bondage. Direction for living. And inclusion in an eternal family with a loving Heavenly Father. He accomplished all this through his son, Jesus. Jesus, who was about his father's business. It's our turn. It's our turn. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful that you love us and that you're pleased when we respond to your son's gift of life. And Lord, I just pray that for all of us, we will stand up. We will not fear, but we will be able to share this good news that we would be able to participate you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the leading of your Holy Spirit 
in your business, to participate in your business with results. With results. The results that are in your heart, that have been in your heart and continue to be in your heart. That those who are lost may be found and receive eternal life, which is in your Son. Lord, give us a plan. Guide us, direct us, instruct us. We're ready. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Don't forget. Amen. God bless you.